Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Now Spinning Saturday Night. And yes, we are sorry that it was a two-week layover, but we're back, and it's the record shop for everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Henry, and to my right... Is Nate. And we've got my choice this week, and that was Stevie Ray Vaughan. And why did I choose Stevie Ray Vaughan? Well, I'm a massive fan of blues music, and... Stevie Ray Vaughan is up there in legendary blues artists, and he's someone I notice when it comes to, like, best guitarists of all time, that he's obviously, in my opinion, in the top ten with his style of play and how he brought a different, kind of a different style of blues music into the forefront in an era which was dominated by glam metal, new wave, Pop music. It was really like the second wave of British music to me was the 80s. Like the new wave romance kind of movement. And they were pulling a lot away from the organic sounding. I mean, I don't want to say like guitars were completely void. But you had, this is where like drum machines and stuff were making integration. Synth was a big, a big driver. Keyboards. Yeah. A lot of um, synthetic aspects to music and Inorganic sounds, but yeah, a Stevie Ray kind of with the other contemporaries, like Robert Cray, probably. Robert um, Cray is fantastic. Yeah, Bonnie Raitt. Those um, blues guitarists really kind of brought back that whole. Um, like, I don't even want to call it old school sound. It was like a new, a new wave. A new, yeah, a new wave of blues music. Yeah, because still in the eighties, you still had your Eric Clapton, you still had your BB King, you know, and. But they weren't, you know, they weren't adapting to the times, really. Yeah, I'd say maybe the best case for that would be Eric Clapton, because all the post-Derek and Dominoes and um, everything that he had done for Cream, um, his solo stuff actually survived pretty well throughout this era, especially. He was still pretty big in the 80s, phenomenally big in the 80s, I should yeah. say. But even going into the 90s, he was still... In the 90s, he had kind of a different resurgence because he went a little softer you know yeah it kind of reminds me of dylan a little bit not in the, not the same sense of stylistically playing from what their roots were but i feel like clapton evolved through the times and stayed pretty relevant throughout his entire career but i agree so how i got into stevie ray vaughn was actually from a friend one of my best friends growing up his dad was a massive fan of stevie ray vaughn and I remember my friend went into a convenience store and got a, he was picking something up and his dad and I were waiting in the car and he comes out. He's like, oh, I also picked up Rolling Stones, a hundred greatest guitarists, special edition magazine or something like that. And I remember my uh, friend's dad's like, my guy's in at least the top 10 for sure. And he's like, oh, Stevie. And I'm like, oh, Stevie. And he goes, yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And then he had this, cassette tape that um like a vhs recording of i think it was an austin city limits performance and my friend's like you have to check this out and so he goes to the part where he's playing voodoo child and yeah. he's just swinging the guitar playing it behind his back i'm like this guy's phenomenal he's taking this hendrix song because i first heard of voodoo child from stevie first actually did you? Yeah, Did not you? not from not <laughs> from Jimmy. Weird. Okay. Yeah, 
Well, maybe maybe Jimmy first because Hulk Hogan used it in WCW as his <laughs> entrance yeah, point. Yeah, but, but I guess at that time you wouldn't have known. Yeah, him, so. <laughs> so like that's how I first identified with that song. So yes, shoot me, blasphemy, whatever. But like I remember, holy crap! He this guy's this guy's phenomenal. Like yeah. how like it's insane. And then my friend lent me the essential. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I didn't really know anything about the albums. I knew about the songs, though. How about you? Uh, that actually, yeah, that that's almost identical to how mine was. Uh, I had heard a handful of the earliest stuff, uh, mostly off of the Texas Flood, and then the um, subsequent two albums. But I started off with the Stevie Ray Double Disc Essentials as well. That was my introduction to it. It was gifted to me from my dad. And I think it was either for Christmas or he just gifted it to me. Um, either he found it out in the wild or something. But in any any case, that's that was my introduction to Stevie Ray Vaughan. So I, I wouldn't say that, like that's a bad way to start by any means. When you're younger, compilations are really the gateway into getting into any discography, and especially mm -hmm. older stuff when you're not familiar with individual albums. And in the case of Stevie Ray Vaughan's career, um, a, a pretty short, short-lived career, sad to say. But yeah, it was just pretty much the '80s, and it's interesting how he got into the business, as because. When he started out, he was just playing around the local Texas scene, and I think in like Austin. I yeah, he was just playing local clubs and stuff. Yeah, and then one night he was playing a club, and so it just so happens David Bowie was in attendance, and David Bowie after the show went up to him and said, "Hey, I want you to play on my next album." And so just imagine, just like I'm just playing this local show, and then all of a sudden this mega star comes up, it's like, "Hey, I want you on my record." And, you know, not only that, like the dude is not, he's not just famous in the UK. He's famous he's worldwide. A, worldwide. This it, isn't just a local Texas guy. This is yeah, like the, one of the David big, Bowie. Yeah, Bowie. And that album, Last Let's Dance. Yeah. So, and Stevie also played on other people's uh, recording songs too. He, he's on a version of First We Take Manhattan by Leonard Cohen. I saw some of the other things that he was on as far as project-wise. He seemed to stay in the realm of the genre, whether it's just the electric blues style. But, um, yeah, I, I saw that what you were just referencing um, come up. I, I didn't listen to any of it, though. Yeah, um, it's kind of like, you know, Eddie Van Halen is on Beat It, I believe. Yeah. And Carrie King is on... Um, uh, Fight for Your Right to Party by Beastie Boys. So it's kind of yeah. like that, you know? It just right person in the same yep. time, you know? So no further ado, let's get to the discography. First up, we got his debut album, Texas Flood, released in 1983 by Epic and Legacy Records. And... This one has some pretty big hits on it for him, including Pride and Joy, probably his most famous I song. Probably, yep. <laughs> which um, is one of the first songs everybody's introduced to. In, Usually, yeah. Uh, 
Stevie Ray Vaughan. And it's a very interesting album because there's a lot of classic blues covers on it with a couple of songs Stevie Ray has written. But some of the songs are just kind of like instrumental jam sessions. And for me, I always love a blues jam. So this was right up my alley. As was for me. <laughs> so, like, sometimes you just don't need to have lyrics about, like, moaning lyrics like blues music can be. But, like, it just, the band sound, his band Double Trouble sounds tight. He sound like, he's really featured. His guitar is really featured, you know. Because he's the main focal point. And, yeah, and I, I would say, like, a lot of that, that Texas, Texas electric blues sinks through in this album, probably the next one, the most. In my opinion, uh, this isn't coming from somebody who is well-versed in this style and this genre of blues, but from what I'm listening to, this is definitely like a callback to a lot of that older Muddy Waters style, Bean mm -hmm. King, Albert King, if you want. Um, to throw Even in. Buddy Guy. Yeah, and a lot of that um, just... Uh, very charismatic style of guitar playing. This is a blues mm -hmm. sound that is completely unique. I think out, out of the gate, this is like a really, really good example of bringing blues to the forefront again. Because up to this point, I mean, blues kind of had resurgence throughout a, a variety of other genres and groups that kind of toyed with, with blues style, like ZZ Top did the, like, Boogie, the boogie sound, that southern, southern really, boogie, yeah, southern boogie. You and can even put maybe a little Leonard Skinner in there. Yeah, you yeah, know the southern, southern rock was giving a little more blues than you know the rest of the blues musicians were doing. Yeah, and then you got to think of too, like blues as a whole is not really, it's not as commercial, it's not as um, broadly listened to of a genre, and especially when you're talking about artists in the 80s like this i mean he wasn't he was going up against <laughs> he was going up against glam metal yeah you, know, you, gotta, you like, gotta think of like a molly crew yeah and, you know well i mean like michael jackson michael and madonna jackson. were like top charters here cindy lopper you know? yeah and then you started like going into this um branching off into a lot of what the brits were doing into entire genres themselves like heavy metal was just on the scene in the 80s i mean not not that it didn't exist before but this is like mainstream metal where you had the birth of everything and what stevie ray was doing in these early albums especially right on this first one is super influential to me in listening to what the rebirth of blues would be in the garage scene in the late 90s and early 2000s groups like everything jack white ever touched yeah. white stripes now I can't I can't speak and attest to that that that's where he pulls a lot of the influences from. I could but, see it. I could hear it. Yeah, in some I, of the songs. I mean I would I would say that, that it seems undeniable that Stevie Ray Vaughan wasn't in in any way, shape, or form influencing a lot of these like later guitarists in the the nineties and the two thousands, especially with like the Black Keys and like I said with the White Stripes and it's just um, there's a lot of technical guitar playing on this album lots of it's, solos lots of melodies it is a fantastic listen i think this is a, a really really good album uh i have to note that, uh, there's some great tracks on this like yeah the opener love struck yeah. baby is great pride, the, the legendary pride and joy a dirty pool actually yeah. 
Probably my favorite. His version of Mary Had a Little Lamb. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's great stuff. Testify, you know, the title track. And I'm Crying is kind of a Pride and Joy clone, yeah. but still, it, it, it works. Lenny's a great instrumental. Yeah, <laughs> and I, honestly, I think, like, hands down, this is... I might be speaking too soon, but <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Like... Front to back, this is a really, really solid listen. Mm-hmm. This is a really good introduction to Stevie, too, if you're wanting to get into, like, the stylistically what he's about, a lot of what his cadence is on um, playing and the emotion put behind the lyrics and everything. And like like you were saying, that there's not much in the way of, of lyric structure in some of these songs where they're more just, like, bluesy cuts with some... Uh, some heavy emotion behind the guitar playing. It's a really, it's just a fantastic listen. Yeah. I don't think there's a bad song on this album. Every song is listenable. Like you said, Dirty Pool is a good one. I love that song, man. You know, Tell Me. Rude Mood was a good one. Yeah. Like, hands down, I'm just going to say it right now, five out of five for me. I feel like it's one of the greatest debut blues albums from any artist. And it's an underrated album from... The 1980s that was dominated by, you know, like we said, Madonna, Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Motley Crue and Poison and the hair metal scene, you know, like it's not really talked about when it when you come to greatest albums of the 1980s. No, it's you not. Know? It's really it, odd to me, too, because like going this is one of the two albums besides the Essentials album that I actually own. The rest of them I uh, listen to it for the first time. This one I did own. Going back on a repeat listen, though, it's just as good as I remember it. It is a fantastic listen. This is to me is like something I pop. In, I would pop in if I'm going on a road trip. This is a really good. Oh, totally. Yeah, this is totally. like a really good album to listen to just on the open road. It's. I don't know. It's a good mood setter. It's. Um, yeah, uh, like like we were saying, front to back. It's a uh, excellent listen. This is a five. Yeah, for we, me, this is yeah. a solid, solid album. Man. You it can't. Doesn't, it doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. I don't think so either, because when you talk about blues albums, it, actually, it's a funny thing. Blues is a funny genre in music. When you talk blues, people talk about the guitarists. You know, they talk about the songwriters. They don't talk about the albums they bring out. Not really, really no. You know, unless you're talking about like Air Clap and Slow Hand or something like yeah. that. But like, they talk about the pl- the guitar playing the style you know Stevie Ray Vaughan's more talked about his style not his songwriting ability yeah like no. how he can take a song and just do this do crazy things to it and yeah. make it better you know yeah I, this is another example to me what I would feel like someone who plays um, their emotion through the instrument I feel like Stevie Ray Vaughan is I don't want to say he's underappreciated by any means because he is ranked pretty high and like he's at least top ten in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's he's held pretty pretty high up in in the standards of guitar playing, especially for the influence that he brought for such a short career. I think that like in hindsight, we don't really appreciate a lot of his music other than we just know that he's a good guitarist. But I think there's a lot more to it than that and. This album, and there's a couple other good examples of it in the discography. But yeah, I I feel like shedding some light on this for me was a really good 
a really good eye-opener just to show that blues is not just about what you were saying. Um, just the guitar style. It's This is a lot of... Um, there's a lot of intricate ideas in this, and I feel like his influences are really forefront on this album more than the other one. Well, maybe not. That's, that's debatable. But the, inf the influences that he has definitely leak through a lot in this. And, like, the dude is just a passionate guitar player. I, I don't really have anything else to say about and that. It's just really good. It's, like, a, I want to go back to a thing where, go back a little bit, like, lyrically, a lot of the, some of the songs don't have lyrics. Well, you don't need the lyrics because it, you feel like it's coming through his playing, yeah. like the emotion, the it's coming through his playing because he's playing his heart out on this album too. I feel like he is. You yeah. know, like he's like, he's just in the studio, like perfecting his craft and he, you don't need him to really sing. He's not a bad singer. You know, he's not a bad lyricist either. Yeah. But like, you don't need that from him because that it, He's going to show you through his playing. You're going to get the emotion out of the playing, not through... Sometimes, you know, like when people bring up the debate of, like, what gets you more, the lyrics or the music? Or the music, yeah. You know, for me, this album's the perfect example of the music. Yep. It's all about the music. It is. Yeah. So. Fantastic album. Yeah, oh. And how do you follow a fantastic album when you bring out another <laughs> fantastic <laughs> album? And that is Couldn't Stand the Weather. And that was released in May 15, 1984 via Epic Records. And he continues to do the same thing that he did with Texas Flood. And that's bring you an emotional roller coaster ride through his music. Definitely. This is a... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to shoot it early, but uh, yeah, I think this is a improvement. Oh yeah, on the first one, the, the production's better. Um, I think the band's just tighter. Yeah, the band is tighter. Um, there is a bit more songwriting from Stevie on this album. Yeah, this one's definitely a little more in depth with, um, well, every aspect of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And once again, the instrumentals shine, like Scuttlebutton and Stang Swang. Yep. Those are two great opener and closing tracks, both instrumentals. And yeah. they're, short, they're short and sweet to the fat. Yeah, this is a, just a, another front to back, just loaded with bangers. This is another, yeah. another really, really The title track, like, banger. Yeah. <laughs> the things that I used to do, same thing. And, oh, okay, so... Every time I listen to this album, these two songs back to back, oh, oh man, I can't even describe the feeling. <laughs> so you get Voodoo Child, yeah. his version of Voodoo Child, which is eight minutes, but doesn't feel like eight minutes. No. It's like, after it's done, I was like, I want to hear it more. I want to hear it more. Yeah. It like, then it goes to Cold Shot. Oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> probably the, to me, that's probably the best one. Uh, Scuttle Buttons up there, too. I, yeah. I feel like uh, Cold Shot's Cold Shot is such a great song, you know, and I think it in the greatest hits catalog, it's one of his more well knowns. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Easily. Same thing with Voodoo Child, and like I said, Voodoo Child from Stevie was how I first heard that song, and I'm gonna be the unpopular permit. Opinion guy do it, here. Do it. I like Stevie's version better. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I like how fast your bass it is. You know, like even when he 
like I hear a live version of the song. Okay, that's that's fair. I can do you know, with that. <laughs> I I just can't get enough of it, man. Because but, I'll, I'll say that like I watched some live. Um, this this is more like just a compilation because this is a continuous theme for anybody who doesn't listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. There are a lot of Jimi Hendrix esque things about his about his playing. There are on his, every yeah. single aspect of every album that he's been a part of has some aspect of, of Jimi Hendrix in it. Yeah, it's it's apparent. He talks about the man very highly, and there's a lot of respect for the for the art. But um, yeah, the live version is the superior version. It mm-hmm. is a fantastic thing. To- it goes about 11, 12 minutes, but like yeah. you're so into it, it doesn't feel like 11 or 12 minutes. And honestly, like the live version is the definitive way to experience it. If yeah, there you- is any other way you can do it, I would say start there because it's, it's one of the... At least find that Austin City cl- Limits yeah. clip of it because truly that's how, you know, you will... If you've never heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan playing... A guitar before you will fall in love i guarantee it yeah and this is just something to note too like from this point forward the um the the jimmy hendrix influences are so so apparent yeah uh, on the fr- on the first album they're they're definitely there for sure but this one it shows more this one shows more i think with the subsequent albums it shows in different places um We'll get to that when it when it arrives. This is just, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun listening to this album. This I, was not the other album I had, so this was a fresh one. I had heard um, Scuttlebutt, not this, and I had heard the Jimmy Cold Hendrix Shot and Cold Shot before, but because um, I believe all of that was on the Essential CD too. But a lot of the other tracks on this thing uh, surprised me when I went in this album. I honestly didn't think it could even really hold a candle to um, the debut, Texas Blood, but dare I say, it is a better and more cohesive album listening experience, and I can understand why a lot of people would say, debating-wise, uh, which of the, these two albums are better, for different reasons, I can totally assume. Um, this one, for me, is the better of the two. It's uh, infinitely listenable just like the first one there's just a lot more depth in the structure of the songs i feel like the band is just tighter and honestly i like i don't know i because i didn't do any history on how these albums were recorded but the time gap in between the first and second album is pretty short so i don't know if this, these were part of the same sessions or they literally just started right in immediately after the album released but uh something happened and they got lightning in a bottle twice so <laughs> I give it a five out of five. Um, like like you said, I, it's it's a lot tighter than Texas Flood. The band sounds tighter. The songwriting is in depth. He has some legendary songs on this one. You know, um, like the hits are great. The um, the deep cuts are just as good. Oh, you yeah. know, every and song sound. is listenable. Actually, this was when we were doing our listen through. I went back and listened to it again. For a second time because I enjoyed it that much. I listened to this one and the first album probably the most during the. These aren't like particularly long albums either. No, they're about forty minutes. Forty minutes, so they're they're quick listens. Uh, it's something that I was throwing on while I was just cooking dinner. But man, yeah, this album is a wild ride. I encourage anybody if you're into blues and you haven't heard it, 
please, please give this one a listen because as far as like off ranch of blues, um, you can go traditionalist if you want. This is just a lot. That album's fun. This is a yeah, fun this album. was such a fun album yeah. to listen to. I take it you give it a five as well. It, it's a five, yeah. Yeah, it's and, a... and I don't want to take anything away from the debut album, but uh, yeah, this is this is definitely an example so, of a tight a tighter album. So we can both agree right now. If you're going on a road trip, take Texas Flood and couldn't stand the weather with you, or put it on your Spotify, you know, rotation yeah. because these are some good albums, and it is so sad that they don't get the appreciation that they should right now, like especially forty, almost forty years later. Yeah, I mean, and this is another thing too, because just like with Texas Flood, this one isn't really talked about that much i don't see this album pop up on a lot of like greatest of all time lists i see a lot of discussions about stevie ray vaughn as a guitarist and often overlooked which is really odd to me because in the realm of blues he's always brought up as one of the best guitarists but album wise these albums are fantastic you have two five-star albums and they're not even in the discussion you know and a lot of the time i mean like because you can i I didn't look at like where these would have ranked if they're even on rolling stones top 500 of all time list or anything but i could i could say i know they're not in the top 100 they're not in the top 200 i don't think they would probably if they were they're in the lower they're lower lower 400 that's and that's great if they're in there i i didn't check if they were or not but I'm pretty familiar with some of the the bigger albums that make those lists, and it's just to me, it, it's really odd that you know, in the realm of blues, that, that they're just not ranked higher. I, I understand, um, you know, the greats in blues, as far as um, like we had already talked, like Albert King and BB King, and um, uh, the the other contemporaries like Robert Cray, and, uh, Eric Clapton, um, yeah, and Eric Clapton. Of course, they're going to be talked about, but I will say this, and I'll just say this now. This album, this perfect album, by the way, is better than anything Eric Clapton ever put out in a solo career. I could agree with that. Yeah. I, I could I, definitely agree with I, that. I challenge anybody to to say otherwise, because I can't... I Eric Clapton didn't release a, a load of amazing albums in his solo career i'll just say that the ones that are really really good though are fantastic i just like don't slow hand yeah and, and i just don't think that they really even hold a candle to what stevie ray Vaughan's vision was for this style of music at the time and i just don't understand like <laughs> it's kind of funny because listening to this entire discography it kind of put a different perspective of what blues music could be Mm-hmm. And not that I was ignoring it completely. It's it's a kind of a niche genre in itself. You know, it's an off branch of rock in America. And Southern. it's not just we haven't touched up this fact too. It's not just the blues that he's really putting in. He also has some jazz influences. We didn't even talk about the jazz stuff. Yeah, yeah. the jazz stuff. Like there's a lot of organ. There's a, you know a lot yeah. of jazz style style drumming on it. You know, it's like it's not all just straight up blues. There's there's jazz influence, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like hidden in tracks, and especially the instrumentals. I feel like the instrumentals where it shows, especially with the freeform style that jazz already has to it. Because jazz is more of an instrumental type music, yeah. unless you have like a big swing, like a Frank Sinatra or you know, the Rat Pack in general. Yeah. But like this is a little heavier jazz, 
and in the, with the next album, I'm starting to notice a kind of a direction he's trying to go in as well, in a little heavier style music. Yeah, because it, it kind of, for me, like the sea change starts here. This is probably the last album that'll sound like this. Yeah, the rest that's straight up blues. Yeah. So, yeah. so the five, fun, five out of five. Yeah, <laughs> easy five out of five. Take Texas Flood and couldn't stand it on the weather on the road with you people. <laughs> back Come to on, back. I, yeah, back to back while you're making dinner, while you're going to your job, or you're working out. Put these albums on. Next album is Soul to Soul, which was released on September 30th, 1985 via Epic and Legacy Records. And a little stylistic change in my book of he's going a little bit heavier on his songs. This this one, if I remember correctly, because this um, this was another one that I didn't have. Um, this one had the introduction keyboards in it, right? Yeah. It, yeah there was the more, keyboards and piano. And, yeah, yeah. More yeah. organ, more jazz yeah. influence. Yep. In it, especially in the instrumentals. So, this one, while the first two are perfect albums, this one, while it isn't perfect, it's still good, in my opinion. I, yeah, I don't think this is a bad album. It's not a bad album yeah. at all, but, like, you have two perfect albums, you're not expected to do perfection, especially when we did our, you know, Zeppelin, you know... Yeah, no, definitely. Listen not. through. You know, you can't always put five star out of five star albums. And to me, I like the heavier that he's introducing. I mean, it gives, I feel like it gives more depth. I believe on this one, the production is so far yeah. the best sounding. Yeah, I would say this is probably the, well, from this point forward, the I mean, the production is pretty much better and better as it goes on. With one caveat later, but we'll, we'll talk about it. This album... So, this this might be slightly where you and I differ. I don't know quite yet, but... I felt like this one, to me, wasn't as important. And I don't know why. And I don't know if that's just because I didn't grow up listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan as much. Or I just don't know enough about this album. But this one, to me... I don't want to say it was forgettable, but this isn't my absolute favorite album it's not a bad album by any means or any stretch of I, imagination i, I could see album. where you're coming from because like when it comes to stevie ray vaughn especially with the song like i stated earlier it's usually talked about his playing yeah or his songs or the yeah. songs like pretty much all you have to do is get the ascension like for the longest time like, I thought, just get the essential Stevie Ray Vaughan. Why care about the albums? Well, this the listen-through obviously proved us wrong on that one on the first yeah. two. Yeah, definitely. But, like, there really isn't... When it comes to the hits, there really... On this one, there really isn't, you know, the big-name hit on there. You know? You have Come On Part 3, which is probably the biggest song on there. But, like... The Technically, that's a... That's a solid album. Like, yeah, it's a solid yeah, song. A solid yeah, song. it's a yeah. very solid song, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But other than that, you don't really see anything that pops up, you know. Maybe look at Little Sister, you mm. know. Yeah, there's some there's some good yeah, songs, some good on, songs here. on this. One. Like yeah, I sure. love Change It. Change yeah. It was a fantastic song. Like Yeah. You know. And ain't gonna gone in give up on love. Yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty good one. Say what? You know, it was a Longer instrumental, yeah, but good opener, good, good opener. opener. Yeah. 
I just, yeah, this one, I just, I, maybe I'll let this one marinate more. This was definitely the most indecisive I was out of the entire discography. And not to any fault. I just think that this is a stylistic change that happens with a lot of artists that he's obviously at this point in his career, I assume he had adopted a lot more audience because of this album. A lot mm -hmm. of times. When it's a little stylistic. more mainstream blues. Yeah. When you yeah. have stylistic changes like this, this is generally where you scoop up an, a pretty good amount of new listeners. Um, to me, this one doesn't really take anything away from his guitar playing at all either. There's a lot of really good works in this one as well. Yeah. And this is kind of where, like you were saying beforehand, where a lot of the, the jazz stuff kind of comes in. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't have too much to say about this one. This is a, a decent album, for sure. I just, uh, yeah, in the grand scheme of the rest of them, I, I don't really... Uh, I don't have much to take away from it, but I think that might just be because I gotta let this one settle a little bit more. Maybe a couple more listens through. Maybe, and I think maybe just throughout the rest of my life, if I look back on this one, maybe I will glean a little bit more out of it. But um, generally, this is not one I'm going to continue to go back to. Not for any one particular reason, or not because it's, it's bad by any means. It's just, yeah, the, I find a lot of his other works were far more compelling in this um, in this Stevie Ray Vaughan discography. But yeah, and that's that's kinda kinda what I all, all I really have to say about it. Yeah, there while there isn't much really to compared to the first two albums no. to really like go up against, which also to be fair you know, you can't really do that because the first two are just so perfect. And I think maybe that's where my bias comes in because it's like <laughs> how do you how do you do that how do you uh, how do you keep bringing yeah. out bangers after bangers after bangers you yeah know? especially with the time length because in this one too i believe this one came out a year yeah, after yeah after that album so i mean yeah you, it's not necessarily they ran out of steam or anything i think there's some really really cool ideas that are implemented a little bit better in um the Other album albums. literally right after this um but the I, I think there's a lot of good things here um that are just done better yeah, later. they're done better a little bit later. I would, I'd comfortably give this a 3.5 out of 5. That's funny, because that's exactly what I gave you. You know, because <laughs> while not as strong as the first two albums, it's still good. And, like, the his guitar playing is phenomenal, once again. The band sounds good. The production is great, you know. There's some good songs on there, especially, like, some of the deep cuts, you know, and, and Come On Part 3. I, if someone, this was the only Stevie Ray Vaughn album someone had and said, what's this like? I would definitely give it an enthusiastic, yeah, give it a listen. Because, you know, it's a good album, but it might be also for like a newer person. If, you know, this is the one they want to start off with. I'm like, okay, this one's good, but there's, it will lead you on to better things. You know what? Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good way of looking at it. Because, yeah, if this is your gateway into Stevie Ray Vaughan's music... It, it's extremely listenable. Mm -hmm. it's, I don't think there's really anything bad to say about that. You, I think you can get a lot out of like, what he's about on this album. But if this is your first stepping stone, it only really gets better from here. Um, well, 
kind of. <laughs> it really yeah. depends on which direction you go. If you go yeah. backwards, you go uh, immediately to the best stuff. But yeah. Yeah, three and a half. This this is a solid three yeah, and a it's, half. It's not bad. I I trouble. I was troubled with this one when I first reviewed it because I had actually given it a two and a half. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and I I thought it's right down the middle what this album deserves because to me I felt like I wasn't pulling that much out of it, but it is better than the halfway point. And then I didn't really know how much more. I and I think it, it honestly, seventy five percent of this album is is top notch. Stevie Ray Vaughan in fine mm. form. There's just a handful of moments on it where I just don't think um, either ideas hit as hard. There, there's probably more experimentation on this album than probably any of the other ones, to be honest. Yeah, it's is more experimental. Yeah, phase. I mean, as loose as I can say experimental, I'll say it that this one seems to be where they're toying with the most ideas on. But it's their more like experimental, progressive kind of album because yeah. you know the, you've got the jazz sounds, yeah. you've got the organ that's really featured throughout the yeah. throughout it all. It, it's this is a fun album too, though. Like I think they're I think in the years I'll probably appreciate it a little bit more. I just find that this one is not to the quality of the first two, and how do you really follow up the first two? <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> so next album is Instead. Released on June 6, 1989, via Epic Records. And this is the longest gap. Yep. And this, unfortunately, will be the last album that's released in his lifetime. Yep. And why was there such a long gap? Well, Stevie Ray Vaughan was going through some issues. And that was drugs and alcohol, like most musicians go through. So, you get, so the title in Step is kind of like a nod to his newfound sobriety. Yeah. And that it's funny because that's what I noted on this one specifically, that this was the sober album. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, I don't want to say he was famous for it, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of artists, especially in the first few years of their career, wind up falling into that same pitfall. And the 80s were a breeding ground of it, it seems like. Especially on the circuits that he was doing, too, because he was playing a lot of... Again, at this point in his career, he's playing some pretty, pretty decent-sized um, cities, and he's playing bigger venues. And yeah, he's doing... He's on, like, pretty much the arena rock tours. Yeah, this I would say, like, during this phase, he was probably at the height of his career. Sadly, yeah, it's uh, the last last album that we got from him. Alive, yeah. Alive. But, um, yeah, I love this album, though. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I love okay. this thing. <laughs> Backstory. Yeah. This song, The House is Rockin', yep. kicks it off. Well, I'm a guitar player, as you know. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the people that are listening might not. But I remember I was taking guitar lessons yeah. when I was in high school, and my guitar teacher would like kind of like he would take he would play shows yeah and he would um have his students featured in the show so we would we'd get on stage and play yeah jam with him well the house is a rocking is rocking was one of the songs we played on the set list yeah so that will always have like a, you know somewhere near in my heart because rest in peace john you showed me this song. <laughs> so, and it kicks off the album great. And then we get another, like, 
transition to one of my favorite Stevie Ray, Ray Vaughan songs, Crossfire. I think How I'm, do you, it's just like one, yeah. two punch of gold goodness. Yeah, I think Crossfire is probably my favorite expression of his work, of anything that he has done. Yeah, and, and you know, in this in this point, there's I, a lot of really good times where you can say like, this is what this is what his music is about. This is a really good example of what his music shows and his passion for playing. This is, I love this song though, man. Oh, <laughs> I can just hear the organ right yeah. now. Yeah, it's just like oh, geez. Uh, it's if you haven't heard this song, turn it on. Like yep. pause. Okay, you're good now. You listen to it. You know what we're saying. Yeah, it's fan- yeah, this is a fantastic cut. I would listen to 20 minutes of this. Oh, yeah. If this was a 20-minute jam, like, yeah. that would be so epic. Like, yeah. I, I, this is one that I, I wished, in hindsight, he yeah. wrote in multiple parts. You know, there were Like a Crossfire Part yeah, 1, 2, and 3. For, yeah, for uh, albums later down the road. But unfortunately, we just got the one. Yeah, but, but this is probably his, I think, his greatest song to me this is just the uh, I, I mean you have pride and joy don't get me wrong but yeah. like um but this is my favorite like this is hands down my favorite yeah um this this is another section of his career that i think a lot of people will hold a lot more dearly than the older stuff and that is probably because this is maybe his most popular album i don't know if that sales wise holds up to what the earlier stuff is but it seems to me a lot of people hold it's, this one it's his more mainstream friendly one yeah that's for i, I want to say like this is the one people will probably know more than the other ones uh, and for good reason this is i, I love this thing this yeah is, this was such a great listen to after crossfire you get great songs like tightrope and you know like scratch and sniff yeah like rivera paradise is a long is almost nine minutes but it's he has a again w- yeah. a way of making longer songs feel shorter because he knows where to put in the right parts. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, the Riviera Paradise. That's a really really good closer for me. Yeah, but like, I mean, again, too, like a lot of these albums are. What is this like the the third or fourth album that's ten songs, forty minutes long? So, like this blueprint of this, I feel like In Step really is. Um, it's an accommodating album for anybody who wants to get into Stevie Ray. I can say that about any of his albums, but in all honesty, this one's a really, really good one to just just jam to. I, I love this thing. It's it's a. Yeah. I would put this on in the background of a party. <laughs> I, I would too because it's one of those albums. It's like it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun, it's album. A fun yeah. album. Like it's is it as fun as couldn't stand the weather. I don't think so, but no, like it's not, but, it, definitely not. But like. I don't think anybody would be offended if I put this, like, yeah. we're having a party and I put this one on and no one's going to be like, hey, play Texas Flood or something. No one's going to get offended that this is on because it's a fun album. Yeah, I love this thing. This is a, a good one. I, I'll, I'll hold off my my rating for it until... Um, until <laughs> I, but no, I want I want to go first just just because I want to say. But uh, yeah, there, there's not not much much else to say in the way of this album. This is another another really really solid album. I think that the group has never really sounded better than this. Um, 
to, to some extent. I mean, because you have the production quality differences from the earlier stuff in the 80s. This is kind of like the... Um, Sad to say, any Stevie fans out there, um, it's hard to say what would happen after this album. This was a, for the group, this was a clean and sober view from Stevie. This is a cohesive album. This is a really, really enjoyably listenable album. Uh, I think there's some of his best guitar work is on this. Yeah, I think some and of the there's best, like best ideas the for songwriting. The Production is fantastic. Production's fantastic. The band once again knows yeah. what they're doing. And um, I just yeah, I, I would love to have seen what happened after this thing. So unfortunate we yeah. didn't get that. But I will I will give this a four and a half. Uh, that's what I gave it to. That's that cracks me up because yeah. I kinda had a feeling. It's not We are so on the same I, page. I'm, with I'm really curious with the the other ones how this goes. But yeah, I feel like this one it does not in this four and a half isn't to take away that like little slight of perfection because this to me is like really, really damn near close to perfection. But yeah. it uh, it's not not to me as close and dear as those first two albums and anybody who is i mean i'll just put myself in the category um, as like someone who isn't well versed into stevie ray Vaughan's music at all going into this one i was more familiar with this one than i was with some of the other ones i just think that this yeah it's, this is a really really sad piece of music history for me going in and listening to it because I, I can hear the potential of what would have happened going into the 90s with this and god it's yeah. I really think he could have kept the momentum I think going. he could have I, I think with that time that he took for to gain a sobriety there was a lot of good ideas in the songwriting that went into this thing and it's, just, it's like you know he, he references it too in many songs like mm -hmm. that this is my new outlook on things and it's like you said, really unfortunate we didn't get that true follow up. I know, you know, of like what could have happened hitting in nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety oh, yeah. or coming out in ninety one yeah. at least. You know, that was him playing and not just like previously recorded stuff. Yeah, you know, technically we would probably end the show here, but like that's only four albums, and there's two other albums with his name on it that we got to get through. But, like, yeah, solid 4.5 out of 5. It's unfortunate that what, you know, his untimely passing yeah. happened, you know. And it, but if you were to think of it, this, what a way to go out. I think so, yeah. You know, this, you're going to end your career. You end your, you start your career perfect, and then you finish your career dang near perfect yeah you know i i can't say much more about that in the ways we to end a career i mean there's uh, you know, a bevy of examples you can give but but seriously i mean the dude went through some hardships just like a lot of musicians do but coming back swinging non-stop this is a front loaded and back loaded album of just really really solid really really solid tracks it's uh it is a shame that we'll never know what was going to happen after this, but I, I can imagine that it was going to be something great. Yeah, like for my vinyl collection, I need to upgrade it. I need Texas Flood, Couldn't Stand the <laughs> Weather, and this album on vinyl, yeah. like Pronto. Like, I need to hear those on vinyl. Like, yep. just wow.
That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, yeah, I, I love I love the heck out of this thing. Honestly. Yeah, and like I said, what a way to like end Seriously. your career. Yeah, officially end your career. Yeah. And unfortunately, Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away in a plane act crash, a helicopter crash, a helicopter yeah. crash, and there was two albums that was released posthumously. Yeah, yeah, his <laughs> passing, and the next one is Family Style which was released on September 25th, 1990. And it was always Stevie Ray Vaughan's dream to do a collaboration album with his older brother, Jimmy. And the results of that was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> For me, at least. It's not bad. It's not a bad album. It just... All I got out of it was... Wow, this is a generic rock record of its time. So yeah, okay, I, I'm kind of I'm lining it up so much, and I I honestly thought we would have division on two of these albums, and this was one of them. I kind of surprised that we we're kind of following suit on this, but yeah, I I'm gonna be honest, man. I did not enjoy this I as much either. as I I didn't go into it thinking that it was gonna be. Rock my socks off, blow my mind, kind of thing. Especially when we're talking about content that was released posthumously. But and there, there's plenty of good examples of albums that have been released after that. But I digress. It's this um, this stylistic sound change is not. It's not, not good. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of it. It's not um, good. It's not to say that there aren't bad. I mean, there's not there's, bad tracks. But yeah, it's just like they don't. They don't, like, when I listen to this, it's like, where's Stevie at? I kind of feel the same. It, I, it feels like he's in the background. Like, Well, that and just, like, you take away a lot of what what makes somebody great and kind of just put them on as wallpaper. So, like you're saying, he's, like, where is he at? You can hear inflections of it, you know, like heartbeats throughout this album. It's It's definitely there. Yeah. It's just not there, there. It's it's like you get these. It's little, like a ghost. Yeah, you get these little little hints of it every now and then, and it's like you. I swear, you can really just hit skip every ten seconds, and you're not listening to a Stevie album, and then you are, and then you're not, and then you are. Like I know nothing about Jimmy Vaughn's career, so I can't. I, really, I, I can't say. Anything I can't on say it anything yeah. on it either. But like, if this is what he does, I know. Huh? Like, and. Stevie was like, okay, I'm going to do what you're doing. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. Like, yeah. So, like, like so, there's no, there's nothing that stands out about it. So, I got to say this because the, the Hillbillies from Outer Space, right? That was a fun instrumental. Yeah, I'll that say was that, that one's kind of fun. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I got Good Texan and TikTok. Um, and brothers, these are hard to be. Was an okay opener. Yeah, I feel like some of these songs on here just aren't. There's there's so much left to be desired with. But literally, Mama said is oh man, like all they do is repeat Mama said, Mama said, Mama said yeah. for what was it like five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is an example of a. Oh. Stevie being part of something where the song feels too long. <laughs> yeah, that song went way too, That was like four, like almost five minutes long, and it was like 
Stevie, what are you doing, man? You're the yeah. master of taking long songs and making them short. Yeah, no, this, um, yeah, I don't want to just say this is a flat disappointment by any means. There's, there's some decent things on it. I think for people that are really into Stevie Ray Vaughan will get something out of it. I think that people that are into this Southern Texas electric style sound, the, the Glenn Campbells, the, like, you know, later ZZ Yeah, top. the later ZZ Top stuff, probably enjoy this album. Uh, I don't really have a ton to compare it to, considering it's kind, this is kind of the closest we get to droll country, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of a snoozer in the, in the realm of any genre. Like I said, it's like blues. a boring, generic... Of its time, rock record. It's it was it's dated for its time, and it's like really dated now. It is, and this <laughs> this is this is the worst production out of anything. But I'm not gonna really attach this album to his greater discography. And when we get to the last one, then there's there's a lot to be said about that as well. But I feel like with this one, it's just uh, if this was a passion project. Uh, well, it was the, his dream to like do a collaboration with his you know? brother, and like, it, like we both don't know anything about Jimmy Vaughn's. I didn't even because like, for this, I wasn't even going to delve into some Jimmy Vaughn stuff just to like compare the two. You know, maybe that's my my fault for doing that, but like, it just it's just there's nothing memorable about it, really. Like, it's not horrible. It's not offensive, but it's just one of those records I listen to it once, and it's like, okay, I don't ever have to listen to that again. You know, kind of deal. Yeah! Unless unless somebody puts it on a, at a par- at our party that we have with Stevie Ray Vaughn tracks. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But I, then I would say something, but, like... I, I felt like when I was listening to this thing, I, I was actually... I was torn because you... I didn't know anything about most of these albums going into it. I didn't know how people had reviewed them. I didn't read reviews. I kind of, this is another one that I just went in completely blind, which in all honesty is really the best way to just listen to anything. You yeah. You get your own. Like, I didn't even know this existed until we did this. Yeah. <laughs> like... And I, when I, when I, you had told me, because when we were talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan was going to be who we chose for discography, I didn't even know which albums to listen to. You gave me the list, and then the, the Bond Brothers was part of this, and I didn't know what to think of it because I didn't really know where we were going to be listening to this like really crazy meeting of the minds, two insanely powerful musicians get together, or was it just going to be another one of those? I don't know if you've listened to it. That what was that um, Metallica album? Oh, Lulu. Lulu. Yeah, Lulu. Like. Are we gonna get one of those kind of things? You know? It's not as bad. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like where on paper, sure, it could be the greatest thing on in the world, but is it going to be? Who knows? And but they they're kind of in the same realm of music stylistically. They they do different things, but they're not so far removed that it should be bad. And it's not bad. It's just not compelling either. This, this was a snoozer for me. It, like, I, I did get bored, like, halfway through. Like, I was I was listening to this on the ferry, on the ferry ride yeah. home from my girlfriend's place. And, like, I, even I was like, great. Like, I should have put on something better, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I just felt like this one was background noise. Um, this was the one that I was not tuned into. I almost immediately started getting bored of it. 
I did listen to this one three times for the review, and I didn't gain much more out of it. I just find the songwriting to be the weakest out of all these albums. I find that the song memorability is not really there. I don't find there to be really compelling guitar playing. It's There's definitely worse albums than this thing. Trust me. Oh, yeah. There's just but, totally worse collaborations yeah, slash yeah. albums in general yeah. worse than this thing. It's not, like I said, it's not offensively bad. No, it's like, not. It's just, like, we keep saying, like, we, there's not much to talk about this, but we find things to talk about because, you know, like, sometimes the most forgettable things, there's a lot to say about it. Yeah. You know? And, yeah, this this is just a, another one of those, you know, it, it had a lot of ideas probably going into it, I think. Maybe um, maybe it had something to do with the death. Um, I don't know. I don't really know the history of this album. If it was yeah. rushed out after the death. I, I think it was... Yeah. I don't know if it was how long after yeah. he passed away it came out. Because, like... It, obviously, it's all recorded before that. Yeah. You know, and if this was, like, the true follow-up to In Step... I know. Like... Yeah, right? Uh, we might have had our answer right there (laughs) but but yeah this this thing just isn't it's not for me i i don't know that i i mean i'll just be honest i don't think i'm ever gonna listen to this again i I, I feel no need to go back (laughs) like i've like i've stated it's it's a boring generic rock record i think with no like no substance and soul to it like it's not like a black hole where it sucks you in and like you know deprives you of all like goodness and music listening but it's not the most offensive it's not the best either like (sighs) so now i'm curious because my opinions of the third album were reflective of what my opinions of this one currently are so I want to hear what you have to say. I give reading. it like a two. Okay, I I would say this is a two and a half. This, <laughs> like, this is right. This this is the example and the epitome like right of right the down the middle. middle. This is a right like. down the middle because I just I, I didn't have a ton of takeaways, but there there's some decent playing on this thing. There songs that are, that are okay. I just don't find a lot to uh, talk about, and I would not recommend this for anybody oh, to listen no, to. No, if you're no. getting into we just went on a 15 minute rant about this thing. <laughs> yeah, I just I think that if you if you're into Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, obviously this is going to be part of your listening, and probably leaking into the to the brother stuff. You know, uh, I I can see like fans probably liking this a little bit more just because there's not a lot to of content to listen to. In the realm of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, you yeah. can listen to, you know, Let's Dance from David Bowie. He's on it, but, like, that's not his album. Yeah, <laughs> you know? because, I mean, like, if you boil it down, I mean, because we, we've listened to what now? This is four four studio albums that were in 40 minutes. So you have less than four hours worth of music time total. Like, around three hours worth yeah. of the stuff. So this album and then the following album. This was another 40 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, for fans that just couldn't get enough, I can say that this and the following release are going to be like your only way to get more of Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is the weakest of all that selection though. And I just, this is um, like the bottom of the, if you were making a ranking list, this would be dead last. Like no I, question to ask. No, I you know you know and anybody who says otherwise, I want to know why. 
If I somebody was like, why. I love this Vaughn, I think this Vaughn Brothers album is better than, you know, Chris Stand the Weather, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it, I would love to hear your reasoning. I, I, I would, too. This <laughs> is just a, yeah, this was a question mark for me. But I, I'm glad I listened to it. I think that for the hardcore fans, I, I can understand why they would say that this isn't a bad album. But ranking it at the top, I would be really confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would yeah. totally be confused. And then we get to the final album, The Sky is Crying, le- released on November 5th, 1991 via Epic Records. And, you know, for it being just what it is, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I did too! <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the heck out of this thing. And it was refreshing to listen to this after the Vaughn Brothers album. Oh, like, it was just yeah. like... I get it. These are just songs pulled from sessions. You can tell the songs are unfinished because there's a ton of instrumentals. Yeah, there they, is. They, you know, they recorded, they recorded the music pieces, and he obviously passed away before he could get into the studio and, you know, hammer down some lyrics. But that's what I wanted from this, yeah. actually. I wanted just, if this, you know... Technically, is the true last Stevie Ray Vaughan album because, you know, he's obviously on it, but it's released past his death. It's just, I just want to hear him play one more time. You know, and that's that's what I'm going to say because everything that we said up to this point with the first two albums where you get that real, like, really grounded blues sound and then you have that experimentation on that that third, uh, where they started branching off a little bit more into different sounds. I think, and from what I remember, I, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I believe that this album is a compilation of sessions from the first three albums. I believe so. And those ones alone. And I think it's a great, uh, it's a great release for a posthumous release. If you're going to yeah. do a compilation like this, I, I can think of a, a handful of other examples. Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, that rapper that died. Like, Tupac? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it'll, it'll come Gee, to me. Gee, the only... <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll come to me. But, um, yeah, I just, like, this, this is the way to do it. I think that there's some rough and ready tracks on this thing, but I, I love it. Yeah. I love the sound of this uh, thing. Yeah. I think it's cool. It's, I just want to, like, hear him. Like his ver- instrumental version of Little Wing is just fantastic. Yeah. Like <laughs> another Hendrix song where he just knocks it out of the park, man. Kills it. Yeah, and like the sky is crying is such a great track, especially like it's kind of like eerie in a way because like of how he died. I know. You right? know, it's just like, but it's such a good one and. Chitlin's Con Carne is a great instrumental. It's probably the best instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, short, sweet, yeah. to the point. Like, this is, even Wham's a great instrumental, you know? Yeah. Like, no, just, there's, there's this, some... song, this album really shines with the instrumentals because you're hearing Stevie play one last time, you know, with his guitar, and that's all you, that's all you need, man. That's all you need. You know, you know, this kind of brought back. So when I got to this album, this is another one that I hadn't really heard anything. Um, or I didn't done. either, other than Little Wing. You know? Yeah, and that, I think that's the same for me. Uh, Little Wing and Wham were probably because I believe those two are on the soundtrack. 
I could be wrong. I don't know. But going into this one um, was another, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't. I was like, well, this is this is another passed out, you know. Yeah. You know, like, after his passing, how is this going to handle? Like, when did he record this stuff? And I think most of it was, record, like you said, the first yeah, sessions they, from the first three albums, yeah. especially heavy around 85, 86. Yeah, so this this would have just been the earlier 80s stuff and the earlier 80s into the mid-80s stuff. And I, I don't know, I just, to me, uh, yeah, it doesn't, there, there's a lot in this content-wise, and I brought up a lot of questions, too, about what happens with these releases like this, where you have either B-Sides albums, you have compilations of B-Sides albums, you have these posthumous compilation albums. Like, some of these cuts, I'm wondering why they didn't make it on the original albums in the first place. And I don't know if that was just necessarily, like, a studio decision to cut the time down, because, I mean, this was around the time where a lot of albums were less than an hour. It was pretty unheard of, unless you were doing some Pink Floyd kind of concepts. Your albums were generally around 40 minutes. Yes. So... I don't know if it was just cut down on the, the length of the album time. This could have just been a strictly a recording contract thing where they say, can't, you got to pick a certain amount of songs, dude. But a lot of these things, they would have fit right at home on the albums they belonged on. Yeah. And I just, I love the fact like, that you're saving like kind of a, like best, his best yeah, leftovers yeah, for last. Seriously. And I think that there's a lot of good stuff in this for any Stevie Ray Vaughan fan at all would be happy that this stuff even exists. Oh, I was happy that I found this album. Like, because I didn't know it existed. I, like, yeah. I, like you said, some of them are on the essential. Like most people, like when you, when we've talked about through the show was, uh, how they know Stevie Ray Vaughan? Well, it's through the songs, not through the albums. You know, he's more. It felt felt like a lot of people viewed him as more of a singles artist than an album artist. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. And I, I feel like in hindsight, we look at him more again, like the image of a, a guitarist as opposed to any of the content that came out like during during his actual career. Yeah, but a really eye opening experience too, listening to this album because you kind of get these like little flashes of. Um, just little era, you know, inflections with his guitar playing because obviously he's known for playing guitar. He's mm -hmm. known for being really expressive on the guitar. This is just kind of like a kaleidoscope of all of that rolled into one. Um, I now I will say this: uh, some of, like I said, when it, the rough and ready tracks, they're they're not sounding to their peak, and it's strictly because a lot of these are unfinished. Um, these either are just the original masters as they were, or they were touched up in the studio afterwards not 100 percent, but it, there's definitely a quality change it sometimes tracked track. i kind of like it because it gives it more of a raw edge, yeah i don't mind know? i really don't mind it uh it's not it's not to the album's faults or anything it's just it, this is kind of like looking to the past and seeing uh just some really cool ideas that didn't quite make it onto the albums and i think there's uh, again a lot to take away from this album in particular this is like a little treasure chest at the very end of this uh, Stevie Rainbow. <laughs> there you go. like that analogy. And for that, I give this album a four out of five. That is the weirdest thing, because that's what I gave this one to. <laughs> so we were almost spot we're on, on the entire really? way. Yeah. That's because so funny. It's just it's just great hearing him play one more time. And like I said earlier, um, it you don't 
need lyrics when it comes to Stevie Ray Vaughan. You just need the emotional playing because he's playing his heart out, except for one album, you know. Yeah. That like you can tell like this this is who he was. This is you know this is how he went with, you know. And I like how like you like you said. They just took, they saved the left, the best leftovers for last. They really did. And I just, I can't say much bad about it. Like, there's, cause there's not much to say yeah. other than it's just a really cool experience at the end of this whole discography, listening to this album. Uh, yeah, I, to cap it off, it was just, just a really, really good, really, really good time. And I learned a lot listening to Stevie Ray's music and I, think he deserves the recognition and the, the status that he holds still to this day, mm-hmm. especially for any up-and-coming guitarist in the sub-genre of blues and anything in rock. I mean, he, did, he didn't extend out that far into um, a ton of other influences as far as like this entire band sound. It was more just like him as a guitarist mm-hmm. influencing, just like Clapton did and... Uh, Otis Rush and Albert King and all the other ones we were talking about but I just feel like yeah he's a a legend for a reason and a short-lived one at that I just yeah it's it's really sad to to see where the where he could have gone and all from I would like yeah like the question is where would he have gone from here you know after instep like would I think he would, you know, obviously would be putting out some good music, I believe. But, you know, who knows, like, how how he would have, quote-unquote, survived the grunge movement of the early 90s. And, you know... I like, know, seriously, like, like what you, would have happened then? <laughs> you know, or the, you know, alternative craze of, like, the later part of the decade. And who knows, like, even in the 2000s, what would have been, like... You know. well, I mean, you gotta think too. Like, I mean, this this is kind of branching off, but that the whole sound that he was doing uh, wasn't super super popular on the radio. It's not that he wasn't on the radio because he definitely was, but all of the artists in the realm of contemporary country and then honky tonk scene that came in the late '80s, going into the '90s, like Garth Brooks and stuff huge chart toppers um you know like the whole scene change of that music scene was just undeniable but like like you were saying with instep like where where do you go after that and what would what would music look like we don't really know and i think it's just a fun little thought experiment to think of for anybody out there um Give the whole thing front to back. Listen, it's not that long of a commitment as far as music. You can couple days yeah. if you split it up. Yeah, if you split oh. it up, um, couple car rides, and you'll get caught up on some of the the greatest little gems out of the out of the eighties. Yeah, there. like this whole thing. I just learned. I I just appreciated his music more because I was like, you know, like I said earlier, with you know him being viewed more as a single artist. I'm like, no, there's albums out there. He he was an album artist for sure. Like, you know, bands like Creedence were always accused of just being singles artists because they would pump out albums so quickly. But, like, no, those are legit great albums that they brought out, you know. And same thing with this. Like, you know, with Stevie Ray Vaughan is, like, 
legit great albums. You have two perfect albums. One's more perfect than the other perfect album. How do you do that? Like, you know, and then you have just like of an actual end of a career, a great knock, knock out of the park album. Yeah. And then with what was left over, you have something super solid. Like, and I think that what they did with it was just perfect. A perfect way to just have a footnote into what his career was like because um, looking back on it, I, I feel like he's going to continue to go, a, a, dare I say, underappreciated, just like he has been, where he's kind of remembered for his guitar style and the influences that he drew into the, the subgenre of blues itself. But um, yeah, I, I feel like his music will continue to go underappreciated, and it's, it's kind of a shame. I just... Uh, I'll encourage, again, everybody to go and listen to some of his albums, man. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Yeah. You know, this was a real fun experiment. This was a real fun discography look through. Like, I'm glad I chose it. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, di- I'm glad you did, too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so. Stevie Ray, good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll catch you on the next one.